production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Today, that music is being played because it is the last day of school. Basically, it's our last day of school. Right. It's our last day of school. This will be our official last show of this school year. Uh, and Derek, we worked hard. We worked hard all school year We long. did. We put in 180 <laughs> solid days of school work. We, we worked just... hard. <laughs> we, we worked really, really hard all school year. Covered numerous schools, numerous events, numerous stuff. And, uh, you know, our word from the weekend will pertain to how hard we worked over the last two or three weeks for sure. Uh, school's basically out. Let's just call it what it is. It's out for summer. Enjoy your summer, kids. Enjoy your summer, parents. Uh, kind of a preview. You know, obviously during the summer we're going to have some fun. We're going to do some rankings. Just real quick, Matt, what is your favorite? I mean, when you think about like a school ending uh, on a movie, think about a school ending. Do you think Days to Confused? Do you think Grease? Like when they're kicking open the door, right. what, what's, what's your favorite school ending? I like Days and Confused, obviously, but then you know probably Grease when they're done. Yeah, you know the I first like. the first Grease. You know she uh, does a little ding 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 ding, ding 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 whatever, and and the like the speech at the end of Grease is pretty good. I mean it's a little inspirational. You know you take for granted it being your last day to walk out of a high school. Oh, I just love how everybody just back in the just absolutely trashed high schools. I mean they would throw papers. And I don't know if you saw <laughs> the most recent one I saw recently, but it was um it was it was a little much. Kids were waiting, standing there. It's now become, all right, kids, everybody get their phones out. All right, one, two, three, whatever, versus spontaneous. I saw one kid like taking a, a, a tube or put canoe down stairs <laughs> because there were so many papers. He could travel down with wow. no problems. But I mean, we never did that. I no, mean, we, that was not I, something that we did. We but never, shame, never thought about if it. If you don't clean up afterwards, uh, shame on y'all for that poor janitor. I mean, seriously, when I, when I was doing it, you know, you would always clean out the locker during the week. And so I was just mass dumping stuff right. in the trash cans. I never thought to save everything to throw it at the front door and walk off. And I mean, is that not a total you know sorry f you to the janitor and the cleaning crew if you do that i mean that's oh, just wrong it, yeah so wrong it's just so wrong no doubt definitely so wrong um just not fair i mean it's just not fair but if you're looking for a fair deal in this super hot desoto county market real estate market you definitely want to reach out to our 2022 presenting sponsor the best real estate team in desoto county by far I'm speaking, of course, of Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. Team Couch is the top producing team in the Million Dollar Club in North Mississippi. Not everyone is allowed to join that. Certain teams can. And Brian and Terry and their team were recently named the top producing team. Also recently named DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. Currently, they are offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, tell you all about the streets you live on, how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're closing. If you listen to our episode two Fridays ago when Brian sat down with us and sat in with us for an interview, you can tell the analytics that Brian and Terry possess when it comes to best educating you on your home, whether you're buying or selling. No team is going to work harder to earn your business than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Let Brian and Terry tell you all about the best way to sell your home. Give them a call today. Again, 662-449-1700. Or do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. You definitely don't want to go with a no-name realtor. You want to work with a team that has thousands of closings under their belt for the last decade, and that's going to be Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. Give them a call today or visit teamcouch.com. And don't forget, every home needs a couch.
Glad to come to you for our, our last show of this school year from the Mobile Car and Van Rental Studios, our OG studio. Glad to be back in the original. Mobile Car and Van Rentals, busy as we could be. Now's the time to book your summer travel. If you're going to Orlando, if you're going to Gatlinburg, if you're going to Branson, if you're going anywhere this summer, call us. We're getting dozens of phone calls a day for summer travel. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Cars, trucks, passenger van cargo vans if you need help with summer travel call us let us see if we what we can do 662-469-4555 mobile car and van rental located at the corner of mccracken and commerce in the old burger shop location again that's corner of mccracken and commerce open five days a week call us again 662-469-4555 mobile car and van rental Derek, I teased it a few moments ago. Uh, our word from the weekend going to be based around as the busyness that you and I have had here recently. Uh, you go first, as usual. What's your word from this weekend? Matt, my word from this weekend is breathe. Okay, like Faith uh, Hill. What a good Faith Hill. What a good video, like, by the I way. Mean, it was a good video. But <laughs> great hey, song. Hey, look, she brought the heat. I mean, let's just call it what it is. She brought it. I know. <laughs> she brought it. Just, she went just, from this kiss. Yeah. To breathe. Oh, it was Hello. this kiss? Was that the first song? No, that no, first? that was one of our first songs. No, yeah. she went from, uh, no, regardless. I remember Star Mississippi. Was it, what's the, uh, you know, I'm a. Oh, uh, um, I think that was one of the first ones, too. No, no, the first one, yes. I'm Star, um, gosh, Almighty. That song. Anyway, um, so, yeah. No, <laughs> I always forget that. Just please, you too. Please, you too, the song Breathe. Uh, but my word is breathe because. Basically, that's what I was able to do finally this weekend, past weekend, was you know coming off a, a very busy three to four weeks leading to graduation, which, of course, was the past weekend. And being able to sit down this past weekend, you know, get everything done I needed to do, did some grocery shopping, did some yard work, all that kind of stuff. And then right when that rain came, those storms came Saturday afternoon, basically, you know, besides church, did make it to church, did go to Sunday school. But other than that, just really was able to relax, take a breath, didn't have to plan for anything, didn't have to go to anything, of course. Uh, we had uh, Hannah Grace's uh, wonderful reception Friday night, uh, but that was this is all after that. So after that reception, after doing stuff just around the house, able to just sit and relax and finally be able to breathe and just kind of soak in everything that's going on. And uh, it was nice. Again, uh, this whole time of life is bittersweet, but it was nice to be able to relax, be able to kind of contemplate some of that, and again, just be able to breathe, take a breath. Uh, we do. There's a busy week this week. I uh, have orientation this week, so there's, it's going to ramp up again, but uh, it is a long weekend coming up. So you said you have orientation. This is a good time for us to go ahead and let our listeners know you're going to be at orientation thursday and friday as you should be with your son yes we're going to have memorial day and celebrate memorial day as we should everyone should don't forget yep. memorial day is this coming monday we definitely need to pay our respect for what memorial day is so we joked a minute ago about it's going to be our last show for school year and then we're going to take a little time off to do what you just mentioned and then we're going to be back next friday with our first summer show it's going to be an awesome season for us sorry to jump in but i thought that no, was a fine. good i thought that was a good time to let listeners know that derek and i are going to take a little bit of uh maybe 10 days or so to uh go to orientation with Bo as you should celebrate memorial day with our families as we should and then come back for our next friday show so uh just put that in your um uh, rolodex because some people start their days <laughs> some people start their days uh with us tuesday and friday so just know that we will be out this coming friday this coming tuesday and we'll be back for our first show of the summer next friday and again, that kind of leads uh, with my word also. hope everybody this weekend gets a chance to breathe. Absolutely. I mean, yes. most people, it's a long weekend. I do understand that some people don't get Monday off. I'm hoping that most of you can or, or maybe can take some time off for that, that day off when most everybody else is off. And uh, just be able to do that because it's important. I mean, all the parents, you're finishing school basically today. All yes. teachers, you're finishing school basically today. From the student standpoint, and I understand you may be finishing out your classrooms, closing everything up through Friday. Same thing with the administrators, I believe. Y'all actually work through the end of May, which carries on until next 
next Tuesday, but then you'll get you know some time off for the summer. So again, everybody can start to breathe now, uh, start to relax. And, and now the ones that actually have students coming home and will be with them all day long, you may not be able to breathe. Uh, but I think just to, uh, you know this is a great changing of the year. Happens every year. You get to kind of sit back, relax. Things slow down maybe just a hair. Uh, and so that's what mine kind of started this weekend. It's Now this week obviously is ramped back up, but it'll hopefully kind of fall off again, be able to breathe a little bit over Memorial Day, and then just kind of fall that into the summer. So again, my word from the weekend is breathe. Hard to believe. School year is already over, Derek. It really is. Um, and it, it's cr- absolutely crazy that you know the end of May is what less than 10 days away and literally what, what 40 days from the half the year being gone. Now more than ever, does it feel like, my gosh, I'm already back in bed. You know, you get out and it's like, my gosh, I'm already back there. Time is flying. It really, really is. And that's going to be part of my word from the weekend. My word from the weekend is memories. Everybody that listens to this show definitely knows that Hannah Grace graduated this past Friday. Wonderful job at the Lander Center. Wonderful job by the Hernando High School staff or whoever really runs the graduation. Um, Just a really, really good job. I think around 301 kids graduated uh, from Hernando High School. Congratulations on graduation to everybody. Certainly congratulations to Hannah Grace, uh, who uh, very special to the podcast obviously just a wonderful wonderful night good to see a lot of kids we'll speak uh more here in just a second about the hernando lady tigers uh they worked the games around uh we updated on uh, what that looked like they won game one lost game two we'll tell you if they won game three here shortly but they got to graduate i got to i paid close attention to all six of those seniors it was really really good to see them uh, in attendance very glad they can do that i'll say this derek not a lot of people get to hoist a state championship trophy mm-hmm. and throw their hat in the air that's true very, Very good. True. I mean, I would say that's a definitely a memory for those people. Just a wonderful job on Friday. Congratulations to the class of 22 for all the schools in DeSoto County. We have a wonderful school system. Also, did a really good job. As you mentioned a couple weeks ago, where's a different tie to each one? He definitely represented himself well, represented DCS. Uh, we have great schools here in Hernando, and I'm really, really proud of uh, everything over the last 7 to 15 days, uh, give or take, uh, with all the different festivities they had. So, congratulations to the class of 22 don't forget it what a wonderful wonderful memory good luck to you in the future and Derek part of the future when it comes to a city is parks and you were uh you had the opportunity to watch the parks department or the parks involvement for penny for the park I say penny because don't forget it's not pennies one it's cent. penny one cent penny for the park discussion for the board of aldermen that continued last night tell us uh, for those that didn't watch it on YouTube last night tell us what that looked like when it came to more of the unveiling more of the discussion for penny for the park for the city of Fernando that's right, Matt. Last night they had about an hour and 20-minute meeting. Uh, they went ahead. It was about the same length as the first one, uh, and they kind of get more in-depth. Uh, we actually are going to be talking about here four alternates that they were proposed last night, four alternate plans uh, that, uh, again, Kimberly Horn was back. Uh, Henry Miner, again, was talking, I guess, the main speaker. The first thing that was kind of put on the table to make sure, I think the mayor said this, and maybe Henry reiterated it, was this is going to be a 20-year-long plan. 20-year-long so we, plan. We, we knew hey, that Derek, it was, before, we get too, before we get too deep, I've had three people say Henry does have good hair. Oh, he's got great hair. <laughs> Absolutely. Three people have told me that since uh, since our show a couple weeks ago. I think, you know, Henry, he needs to have one of those commercials, one of those like Pro or pro, whatever it is, yeah. Pantene Pert commercials. Plus. Pert Plus. Pert Plus. Um, anyway, so 20-year-long plan. We heard the price tag of $37 million all in. Of course, that's today's money. Uh, if we were to do it all one time, that's not an option. With knowing that this is going to be a 20-year-long plan, what the mayor did ask him to do, so this is kind of the, I guess, behind the scenes they've been doing since the last meeting, was that they asked for $12 million options. Okay. So they're looking at spending $12 million 
I guess, you know, with this first issue, if it's passed in November, the first issuance will be about a $12 million bond off the penny for the parks. Uh, that's what, so that's what kind of what Henry was tasked to bring into the meeting last night. What Henry did was he said, all right, look, give me the top nine items you want. So every alderman sent in nine items to him. He then narrowed those down to basically ranked them and then took the top four average. Right, common uh, denominator. Right, of all, of all, so the kind of the four things they wanted to see, and that's what he used to make four options, or he called them four alternatives for what they're now calling Phase One. Phase the twelve million dollars will be Phase One. Um, now he said, "Look, I can get you a lot for twelve million dollars. Oh, sure. So twelve million dollars can go kind of a long way, especially a good jumping off point. Remember, Cenotopia's whole park." Was only five million. Now he did say that would be about eight or eight and a half million dollar money today, but it was five million dollars. So still, we're still talking another three and a half, four million more than kind of what Senatobia has spent uh, for their money. So let's go on to the alternatives. The first one is alternative A. Now this is a. Of course, we all know that access is a major cost. Building the road into the project. He said, what would happen if instead of trying to come off of fifty one, the access was off of Robinson Gin? Okay. You would not necessarily have to buy. The properties so you could go just to the north, uh, where, basically where the lagoon is, and then kind of wrap around the current park. So he said the city would have to control the Civic Center property. It would reduce cost uh, to the baseball, the the, the baseball, the uh, new baseball area. So that pod, that eight quad or two quads, the eight fields that were in the middle of the project that we discussed last time, much shorter coming off Robinson Gin, but they would have to control the baseball property because they would run it kind of on the north side of that property to get there. The plan would have the road, again, from Robinson Gin, eight softball slash baseball fields, parking lot and concession stands, three basketball courts, but these courts would not be where they were originally put in the original plan that was two weeks ago. These would actually be closer to the baseball fields. They would also be able to do the field lighting for phase two of the soccer fields, which would be about $400,000 by itself. They would be able to make improvements to Kirkendall Field, but only the field itself. So digging it, you know, kind of regrading it, new sod, irrigation, all that. That's about a $300,000 price tag by itself. Just the field. Not just the track, the field. just the field, improving the track. I right, mean, no track, field. just yes. the field itself, no fence around it, nothing gotcha. like no okay. no light poles, yes. just the, the grass, the irrigation, getting it right. Okay. Um, and then they would have common poles. So what they would do on the lighting of the soccer fields, I said about $400,000, they would put a, you know, we're talking about the two fields on the north side. All right, when you're coming in, so the ones on the left, uh, they would put common poles in the middle, and they'd have lights on both sides facing out. Makes, Makes perfect yeah, sense. Sure. That actually, because last time he said phase two price tag was $1.4 million, but he actually went out there with the Musco people and said, hey, look, we could actually hang lights on both sides of these poles and cut the cut. And he's like, I you never know, thought, uh, I, I only thought of that. I only yeah. pictured that. So anyway, so so that would really reduce the cost from $1.4 million down to 400000 So again, a lot of good work by the architect, by Kimberly Horn, trying to figure all that out. Uh, and then again, while that was being built, since you're coming off of Robinson Gin Road, you do have to buy the Civic Center, proper, Civic Center properties, but those fields could be used right. for the next two years while these new fields were built. So that is alternate one, okay. alternate A, excuse me. Next, alternate B, very similar to alternate A, but uh, the, the soccer field lights money would be used uh, to circumvent buying the current field. So this is the one where the current fields would not have to be purchased. Right. You would build a longer, so the road would come off of 51 right. 
to the middle, not Robinson Jim, all 51. You wouldn't have to buy the uh, the current fields. Again, you're saving money there. You're also, but you're having to spend more on the road, which costs more money from 51. And again, we would be cutting out the lights at the soccer field. Uh, that does get you to Highway 51. That's really the only difference is basically coming off of 51. If you did not want to buy the current fields, everything else in A would happen except for the lighting at the soccer fields. So both A and B are baseball-centric, baseball-softball-centric. Yes. They're very heavy. I mean, most of the money is being put toward there with some ancillary things here and there. Another good thing about B also, if you want to say good, it does put the basketball courts back in their original position. So you're no longer closer. Close to 51. Right, right. Closer to 51, just west of the skate park kind of right, in, in that sure. area. So where, where they had originally planned to be. So that's alternate B. Alternate C now, this is the road to Highway 51. So the road's coming off 51. They're, now, they're going to move baseball fields, softball fields, more baseball fields than softball fields. So instead of having a quad of four baseball and a quad of four softball, they do a quad of four baseball and only two softball fields. Right. So you're still getting six fields. You're still getting the concession stands. The concession stands is in all four plans. It's a Instead of having two concession stands, like originally was said, it's one larger concession stands, probably four to five stalls per sex. And then, you know, again, a larger, you know, of course, the, the concession stands, the actual food area itself will be larger. So one larger building instead of two smaller buildings. Uh, and so and that, real quick, Plan C does not buy the Civic Center apartment, the Civic Center. Uh, we're getting, we're getting oh, there. Sorry. All right. So uh, six tennis courts. You get a pavilion next to the tennis courts. You get your three basketball courts in the original location. You get improvements to Kirkendall Park. You still can masquerade. You can still do all the dirt work and the flattening for those remaining two fields that we're not getting, you know, so, right, so the sure. last two fields. And you get soccer lighting in phase two. Now, he did not mention uh, buying, but I think that still you would have to buy the current fields, yes, because they would still have to be able to play there and the city would want to kind of make sure those are in good shape while, again, these six are being built. Right. What that tells you is how expensive baseball and softball fields are. Right, sure. Because by reducing two fields, you're able to come off on the longer road off of 51. Now, a couple of the aldermen did say, hey, look, we may still scratch something of those other ones, though, because we do want that outlet to Robinson Gin. Because right. if you're only using 51, that's a nightmare. That's tough. Um, so, again, th- there may be some adjusting. But this is ju- these are just discussion right, points right now. But that's how it tells you how much that you're able to only eliminate two fields. But by eliminating two softball or baseball fields, you would be able to add six tennis courts, right. a pavilion, um, and still be able to do the lighting and the uh, Kirkendall part. Just amazing how, how expensive baseball fields are. And then finally, alternate D would only be doing the baseball quads. You're only doing four fields. So right. again, no new softball fields. So basically what they would look to do, you would purchase the, the current property, maybe upgrade those fields to softball fields for five, ten years. Um, and then the new baseball fields with the four quad, the new one, be allowed because you're now reducing four softball fields you would have a play area all six tennis courts plus lighting all basketball courts plus lighting those are four hundred thousand and three hundred thousand dollars two excuse me four hundred thousand dollar lighting package for tennis courts two hundred thousand dollar lighting for the basketball courts pickleball courts disc golf the concession stands obviously i've already said this in every project or every alternate they would still masquerade the other four fields all the dirt work prep rate ready for the next four fields they would keep the current fields, obviously be able to you know, do whatever they want to, and look to do the soccer phase two fields either up front or in all of these alternatives. Musco does allow you, if, if they choose to go to Musco, now there was some talk about, well, could we lose a slightly cheaper lighting company? Musco seems to be the best, but Musco will allow you to finance lighting. You okay. can finance lighting on five, seven, or ten years. So that's you a, could actually, that, That's a bright idea. 
<laughs> you could uh, you would, you, know, you could pay for that out of general fund and not put it in the sure. bond, be able to use it somewhere else. So right. the only thing on alternate D that would be, uh, I guess, a little different would be the parking would be reduced because if you only have four baseball fields, you don't need as much parking uh, right. as you would for six or eight, and so they would reduce the parking over there, which again allows you to pour money elsewhere. So. Those are the four alternates mentioned. Now, what toward the end of it, they did not settle on anything. I'll go sure, ahead and, and, I guess, spoil the ending. They didn't settle on anything yet. They did like some form or fashion of alternate C or D. Uh, you I know, think the, C, C and D involves the most people. That, and that's exactly sports. what they said. Look, we got to have – pickleball. Uh, again, golf, it's a 20-year plan. I mean, disc I, golf. It's yeah. sort of a 20-year plan. It's the first $12 million structure, so let's call it 10 years. Um, it involves the most people and allows the most people to use the park versus – Strictly baseball or strictly softball. That's right. Now, see, the key is is that alternate C does include, you know, Kirkendall Park uh, and the soccer lighting, whereas alternate D does not involve Kirkendall Park. Everything is at Renaissance Park, possible lighting, soccer fields. Right. So they like some former mixture fa- you know, of that. So what they asked him to do is that, okay, well, this is great. And just like you said, that's a great point. They said, look, we've got to have 60% of the vote. Okay, to get this done. We're looking to try to get the 60% or more. That's really the number we would feel comfortable saying this is what the people want. In order to get there, you know, we need to reach the most people. So if you're right. talking pickleball, if you're talking tennis, you know, six courts gets us tournaments, right? right sure. uh, if you're talking three more basketball courts, four for the city, that's huge. You're talking about disc golf. Now, the only reduction is, and there were a couple, of, there were three citizens there last night. Uh, one woman spoke out and she said, look, I know what you're saying. I'm here. I can appreciate everything you're saying. When you have to make cuts to try to bring more people in, it makes complete sense to me. Understand, though, I'm a softball mom, and you know, you're talking about if we go from eight, four soccer, you know, softball fields to maybe two or maybe none new ones. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't play on the old ones, but new ones. You know, that is, uh, I could see why uh, you will need to make sure that is made public. As to, I know this video is public, but I mean, make sure you're pushing people to this video to see y'all's thought process. It makes sense to me, but you know, we just had a state champion softball team last year. We had a runner up this year. You know, they, the Soto County softball is really big. It's huge. And so I know it may, you know, what, what you're saying makes sense. You know, she said, of course, I would like all four. Yeah, I'm, sure. I would be more baseball softball centric, but I understand what you're trying to do. So if you're saying I could only get two, but yet we can use the ones over here and make those nicer now that you own them. I can appreciate that, right, sure. but y'all need to sell this if that's the if y'all choose the C or D route. Very good point by her. She wasn't being, uh, you know, she wasn't having any animosity at no, all. Sure. She was really just trying to say, "Hey, look, I'm here. I understand, and I'm cool with it. Whatever y'all decide." But other people may not be, and that's they can throw daggers at this. You need to make sure you're. Well, they're going to hear the word, "Hey, you're eliminating softball." No, right. let me explain. That's right, and it doesn't matter. They've already heard the word "eliminating softball" and. Attacking women or whatever—that's just that's, right. Well, it's I mean, P- it's, yeah, it's PR attacking so the sport. That, right. That's exactly, exactly right. So, uh, what they've asked him to do is they—I don't know—they did not set a date, um, but they said, "Look, we want you to take C and D. Okay. We want you to give us basically what those packages two, the no more than two. So basically, taking the four, right, let's go reducing it down to two. two, taking those two, and then whatever those look like, we want line item amounts or estimates right. next to them. Now, real quick, both C and D." Have roads on Robinson Gen and 51, correct? No. No. All right. So, okay. C, they both have it coming from 51. 51. And what I think Bruce Robinson said that one of his main thing is we have to have that outlet to right. Robinson Gen. And so he said, what does that cost? You know, you're right. talking about saving money coming in on that plan A. You said it was saving money. He said that's probably about $700,000 mm-hmm. to get from Robinson Gen to where these this quads would be. And so he said, okay. So they may say, all right, well, we're going to have to eliminate 
or find, like, well, if it's the lighting and the Kirkendall Park, to get that extra road in right. to do everything else just at Renaissance Park, that's an option. Yeah, sure. So what they wanted is Priceline. You know, so show us with the Robinson Gen Road. Show us without Robinson Gen Road. Show us exactly what the Kirkendall would be. And so they're going to have everything line item and then basically try to add it up to $12 million, taking some kind of mixture probably right. of those two plans Making one plan, looking at it, twelve million is it? You know, again, these are all estimates, but you know, do we feel comfortable? Could we have savings here if we went with slightly less than Musco Lighting? You know, what kind of savings that we think we could if these bids come in under where we want to? What would we? The first alternate we would add if for some reason something priorities, came in under let's say, right. priorities. Let's say. So let me ask you a quick question. Maybe get to this. The first, the huge plan was you know thirty-seven million dollars, thirty-seven million year plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. This first plan that the mayor said, "Hey, let's trim this into twelve million dollar segments right now." How long is this first plan? So it would Six be years, eight years. It 10? would be a twenty year bond, but what they would do is they would start making reductions on that, right? right? So five years from now, seven years from now, then okay, we could, re- we could look at another phase. That's right. So Great. then okay, okay, so now our bond capacity is down to you know we're now we're, we've paid it down to eight, we paid it down to seven. Our instead of getting seven fifty a year, now we've got more retail, we've got more hotels, we've got more whatever, we've got more property taxes coming in. We're we're selling more. You know, food because we're opening up other restaurants. So now our we have a million dollars annual, you know, coming from the penny. So now, okay, we can add another five, seven, ten million dollars. You know, take the bond right, capacity sure. back to whatever it happens to be. So that's that's what they're looking to do. So it'd probably be, you know, it would take two years to build. I would say you're probably looking to play on it anywhere from three to five years. You know, actually enjoying the new whatever's right. added, and then they'd say, okay, we're doing well. We've we're got doing our well. Money. We need okay. Let's now start. we have capacity sure. to add another however many million. Got it. Um, and they would come with the next phase. Now, you know, what's important to understand is though, because of the way the legislature approved this, every four years we have to reapprove it. Correct. So we have to approve it this year. We'd have to approve it actually two and a half years from now Correct. or three years from now. With the new board. With, with the new yeah. board. And then after that, it would be every four years after that. So, you know, the, the, what the key is, is like, look, we, we need to get this done. Let's hope that, you know, 60% or more, we would feel good about it. We'll get this done in November. If they approve it, we got to start construction immediately yeah. because we want, hey, we want at least people seeing it, looking at it by the time the next vote comes of around. Because there's a possibility there may not be the first thing played on it before the next vote happens. But right. they want to be able to see it. And obviously, once it's built, if we don't renew it, how are we going to pay for it? So anyway, that's that's kind of where they are. So good meeting. Uh, they did a formally end last week's Auburn meeting. Of course, this was a, a recessed to last night. They, they uh, uh, went ahead and closed the meeting last night. Of course, the, the Aldermen do not meet again. They don't meet next Tuesday because that's the 31st. It's actually not till June what, 7th or 8th. That's their next meeting. So again, a couple weeks, they can digest this. Kimberly Horn's going to be working on putting these two plans together. Probably at that next meeting, I don't know if they're going to have him come back during the regular right. meeting or set another special meeting, but we'll find out. So we're going from the first unveiling, then four plans, then down to two plans, and they'll eventually get down to what they're going to show the public for the, for the next four or five months until the big vote in November. Yeah, so, and so once they get that final plan, once they combine yes. whatever it looks like, that's what they'll sell. They'll put it on social media, sure. Twitter, Facebook, city's webpage, everything. And then like the woman says – if we got here, hey, they, I would hope that they would attach this video yeah, sure. or attach little you know, speaking points. Well, obviously, we'll have an, uh, a mayor or an alderman, several of them on our show to say, hey, look, this is what we did. This is why we're doing it. This is what we want to see. And can, Or maybe the, the parks director. I mean, all these people right. will be huge over the next four to five months trying to get this passed. Okay, Derek, I told you I'm going to tease and not let people know how I feel about it until November, uh, how I feel about the plan. I'll just say three things. Thank you for watching the meeting last night and updating us. And, and again, so many people just pay attention to what you say and how you you know tell what goes on in meetings. So good job there. Uh, two, 
um, remember, it's penny for the park because the the legislature cut it from two cents, to which is what we were pursuing. You can go a lot further. Sadly, you can go a lot further with two pennies versus one yeah. when it comes to this type of thing. Listeners, hear my voice. A lot of people are going to tell you a lot of different stuff. Oxford has this. South Haven has this. Olive Branch just started having this. They're Horn working Lake. on theirs. Horn Lake. Hey, I'm not going to eat in Hernando. I'm going to drive up to Getwell and eat at Slim's. Hey, I'm not going to eat in Hernando because it's penny, penny for the park. So let me go give two cents to South Haven. That's right. For, for Snowden Grove to uh, to, to grow also or Sanitobia. be better. Also, Sanatobia, same type thing. So we're not running from this if you think that's what you're going to do. Uh, and lastly, um, again, I will tease how I feel about it until later, but I'm simply – we'll finish with this, Derek. I've said this to you. One of the reasons this, show's exi- this show exists is for this reason. If we're – you have a graduating senior. I have a graduating senior. Bo Big Lane in 10 years will be 28 years old. That's Hannah right. Grace will be 28 years old. They will have maybe families and statistically one child – if we're not thinking big picture, 15, 20, 25, 30 years outside the box, if we're not thinking big picture, our grandkids will live in Franklin, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Our grandkids will live outside of Birmingham. Our grandkids may live in Florida. Our grandkids may live outside of Nashville. They're going to live in places where the parks and the police and it's safe and you can walk around safely. If we're not think- if we're not thinking that way, listeners, please listen to what I'm saying. If you're not thinking in a 20 or 30 or 40 year term or 40 year box, your grandkids are going to live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're going to live outside of New Orleans and live where in Mandeville, where they got beautiful streets and beautiful parks. And they thought about that. There's a reason Germantown thrived in the 80s and 90s and 2000s is because and they call your vote now. Call your vote now because they were thinking outside the box. And if we're not doing that, we're going to get behind and we're going to be driving 500 miles to see our grandkids. So that's what I'll finish on. Good job by the city. Penny, penny for the park is going to be a big deal over the next five months. Derek, thanks for watching that video for us and educating us. A lot of penny for the park stuff coming up. Yeah, and, and uh, important, uh, as you're hearing this today or maybe this afternoon, I guess, they will be having the meeting with the three clubs to discuss That's that correct. purchase. Now, again, there were two or three aldermen last night, Andrew Miller especially, adamant. He said, I've been pushing for 30 years. We have to own those parks. Right. We have to own the parks. So I would say they, they are try to come to some type of agreement, whether it's going to be today, later on down the road, it's going to take buy-in. We, we know the saddle club would have to be moved in some form or fashion. That meeting is place, takes place today. Uh, as we said uh, just a few minutes ago, we're not going to have a, a show uh, this Friday or next Tuesday. So next Friday, whatever comes from that, I know it'll probably be old news by then. We will make sure that we touch on kind of what was said uh, between the clubs, between the city, and kind of where they are on that agreement. And everybody calls, hey, if we buy those fields, that's just lipstick on a pig. We've never held the pig. No. <laughs> well, the, and, and, We've never yeah, held the pig Kimberly to put Horn the lipstick on that. it. Kimberly yeah. Horn said that. But, but the point is, is that, hey, you still need a place to play for the next two years. And so if you're going to play there, how about, you know, instead of just cutting the grass and maybe, you know, adding a little fertilizer here and there, you could make, go ahead and make some changes to make it, keep it up as best you can the next two years. Don't put a bunch of money into it and then at some point be able to then reconfigure those to what may be softball only fields you know whatever plan they decide to take so again i i think everybody's in agreement that in some form or fashion they need to own those fields something else derek i'll say is you and i again 18 year old i've got a 15 year old you do too i've got a seven year old a lot of people in the last 10 20 years have vacated and run from hernando fields they, they've um, run from Hernando Fields. They play a different kind of ball. They go and play Snowden. They go to Oxford. They go to some of the nicest fields in the southeast. I, b- I believe do. Henry admitted on the first two weeks ago right. that his goes somewhere else right. because of the same they thing. They play That's travel right. baseball, That's travel right. – whatever. They've run from Hernando Parks to go play somewhere else. And those are the same people that might be very opinionated about that one penny that's coming up over the next six months. Here's the deal, guys. This is the chance for your kids who play travel ball. They're going to be, they're going to be parents in the next 15 or 20 years. 
and their grandkids can have a better situation. We can improve the parks that you ran from and didn't like 5, 10, 15 years ago, and that's fine. But it's an opportunity for us to maybe have some of those nice things that you've been playing on, your kids have been playing on. Let's quit idolizing Snowden Grove or idolizing the parks in Oxford and do something about hey, it. Hey, if you have a newborn or a one-year-old, their first coach pitch game could be on the new field. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's like, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You have to think outside the box. But but as adults now, Derek, I'm 43, and I won't tell people your age, but uh, <laughs> in 20 years, we want to watch our grandkids, possibly. Yeah. We want, our give, we want to give our place in our area, we brag about Hernando so much and how much we love it. Well, here's an opportunity for, for it to look great over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And, uh, you know, if you're – ticked off about the mayor from five years ago or whatever come on man think about the future not the past that's all i'll finish on that but again I want, i'm going to tease no, how no, i feel no, about no. it how do you feel <laughs> no, i'm not letting people know how i feel about it i'm going to keep that i'm going to keep that quiet Derek, thanks for watching we really appreciate you watching the show last night tons of information there for the penny for the park discussion in the city of fernando which will be coming up for a vote sometime uh well in november, november. uh coming up for a vote so really a lot more information there coming out of that uh, really good job really good coverage on youtube so we thank you the city for that people will begin to educate themselves people will begin to uh, see more and more of that in the coming months well derek something else that ha has something to do with the city with definitely something to do with the state when it comes to money is going to be the census and you're telling us a little bit of information because we have covered the census a ton over the last year tell us something where uh, mississippi did not maybe uh get the right kind of got a raw deal we got new numbers uh having out this the census bureau put out new numbers so in the release of the 2020 census mississippi was listed as one of the three states to have lost population since the 2010 census the recent census showed that the state had lost point so 0.2% or roughly about 6,000 residents from 2010 to 2020. Mississippi is now among six states that are estimated to have had an undercount, a net coverage error statistically different from zero, meaning that the state population total was undercounted. On Thursday, the U.S. Census Bureau released the 2020 census estimate undercount and overcount rates by state from and, and Washington, D.C., from the post-enumeration survey, or, or the PES. Mississippi's undercount percentage is estimated to be negative 4.11%. Again, negative 4.11%. To put that in real terms, that means that the state likely did not lose population, but rather grew by nearly 120,000 people if these latest estimates from the Census Bureau are to be believed. The 2020 census listed Mississippi's population at 2,961,279, one of six states that were undercounted. The other states that the Census Bureau believes to have been undercounted are Arkansas, Florida, Illinois, Tennessee, and Texas. Those were the five southern states. Five southern states and, and Illinois. Well, well, Illinois, actually, Illinois was not undercounted. They've just murdered that many people <laughs> oh, no. in Chicago. <laughs> I'm not laughing about that, but you see what that I'm saying. That's terrible. That's, that's awful. That's awful, but terrible. Um, uh, get, it, get it together, Illinois. And I think a lot of this had to do, a lot of the undercounting had to do, again, this was during the year of COVID. Uh, there were a lot of people that would not come out. There were a lot of people that did not want to participate. You couldn't have people going door to door trying to find those that may not have mail service, may not have mail delivery. Maybe some living in more rural areas could not get out to their houses or did not receive 
leave the actual census form to fill out or did not have a way to turn it back in. Remember, I mean, a lot of it could be done online if you don't have Wi-Fi, if you don't have internet service. And again, if you don't get the mail in the first place, very hard to return it in. And so it, it does not surprise me that some of the states, Arkansas, um, Mississippi being rural. two of them, being very uh, Arkansas rural. Arkansas rural, Mississippi rural. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Texas for, is very rural. Texas <laughs> has some, you know, the, west, the, the western yeah. side of Texas is very, very rural. Yeah. So again, this is uh, all things that could be contributed to that, uh, but they're undercounted. So the Census Bureau also noted that eight states were overcounted. Now, those eight that were overcounted, Delaware, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, and Utah. So as the Census Bureau notes, there was an estimated undercount in the South region of negative 1.85% overall and an estimated overcount in the Northeast region by 1.71%. So the Census Bureau director said the release of the PES estimates assist in understanding how well the Bureau did this decade, state by state, in their effort to count everyone living in the United States. So these estimates show how well the 2020 census counted everyone in the nation by creating an independent estimate of the number of people living in the United States on April 1st, 2020. Uh, and so again, and some of these remote Which again areas, is, is three weeks after. That's right. COVID was shut down. That's right. COVID, yeah. Surveying a sample of people and households in the United States and matching those responses to their records in the 2020 census. So the, the accuracy of census data is vital to apportioning elected representative seats and at all levels of government. Now, luckily, we did not lose a, a state representative seat. You know, Even if we would have maxed out and another 120,000 people would not have actually gained us a seat because especially the, the, how it was you know, kind of factored out. The only thing it could have changed was the uh, in-state redistricting. Now, we know that the, the District 2 uh, lost 65,000 people. Remember, they had to redraw that for right. uh, Benny Thompson's district. And so that could have been affected if we had had more people, right. uh, I guess, you know, counted. But again, they, they cannot change it. This will be the official statistics going forward until 2030, but it's more than likely they were undercounted. So, you know, everybody that says we lost 6,000 people, more than likely we gained, I'm not going to say it was a full 120,000 people, but within that statistical error, probably, you know, probably a couple, you know, a couple to 10,000 people, right. you know, over the last 10 years. Right. Well, yeah, we definitely didn't lose what they told us we did. Right. Which, again, when it's all said and done, we didn't gain a seat, lose a seat, so that doesn't necessarily matter. But still, if they undercount us by six figures, that sucks. Yeah. I'm, you know, sorry to be that pleased. Well, blunt man, about it, put us over, it, it could have possibly put us over. Uh, let's see, we'll go back on the number real quick. Right. So two million, not, you know, to put us over three million people. Well, Derek, I mean that's good information coming from the census. We talk a lot about census numbers and different things here because we we want to give as much information as we can when it comes to our listeners on the water tower. Uh, you and I love the state of Mississippi. You're born and raised in the state of Mississippi. I've lived here for over 25 years. Um, and you know, as we grow and go, uh, we want Mississippi to be strong. So uh, some of those are going to be correct numbers from the federal government. But again, I. I'm not surprised that uh, I'm a little surprised by Florida though, because Florida was just man; those folks were open. They they, <laughs> they, they, they open, probably they still went door to door. Sure about that, but, yeah, yeah, they that's, still that's went door to door. They were not having much of a COVID issue down there. No, uh, no. Still going door to door for sure. I, well, I mean, I guess the first three months they were. I guess everybody was right. But, right. By the end of the year, no, they were not. No, they they said okay, we'll shut down. They they went by the two week plan basically, maybe four week <laughs> plan, and they were back open, blowing and going for sure. And speaking of a good plan, uh, Derek, it's good to have a good dental plan when it comes to uh, working with your dentist for a good plan for your healthy teeth. And one of the best places in DeSoto County, definitely in Hernando, to get that plan is going to be DeSoto Family Dental Care. Tell us about them. 
DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. It's also good to have a good plan when it comes to uh, what you're going to do this summer, what you're going to do for this summer and fall for your lawn and taking care of your lawn. And if you need help with the mowing grass, if you need help with covering multiple acres when it comes to mowing grass, now's the time to reach out to our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleanups, fence repair, gate repair, new fence construction, anything on the outside of your home or business, let Richard come take a look. Let him give you a price. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. Call him today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Give him a call today. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek, before we do our DeSoto County Fact of the Week, thank you again, DFDC, the official dentist of the UTW Podcast, Williams Lawn Services, and Green King. Now is the time to reach out to Green King and Williams Lawn Services if you're in need of help with your lawn. Call them today. It's getting into growing season. It's getting into the heat of summer. Give them a call today for help with your lawn. Well, Derek, the middle of our Tuesday show always leads us to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week given to us by the DeSoto County Museum right here in Hernando across the street from Bancorp South on Commerce, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. The DeSoto County Museum, such a wonderful asset here on Commerce Street. Derek, tell us about the DeSoto County Fact of the Week for this week. Matt, the fact of the week this week deals with something that we always sign off on on Fridays, trying to find a church for you and your family. And churches have always been an important part of DeSoto County's history. In 1860, around 30 years after becoming a county, DeSoto County had 32 churches, most of them Baptist, Methodist, and Presbyterian. After the turn of the century, in contrast, religious life in DeSoto County reflected its growing African-American population, with Missionary Baptist, the largest group, and the colored Methodist Episcopal Church stronger in DeSoto County than in any other Mississippi county except Marshall. The Methodist Episcopal Church and Southern Baptist Conventions also had significant congregations. Now today, there are 130 churches located in DeSoto County representing more than 20 denominations. Derek, I would say in DeSoto County is a very um, well. Sadly, it's not even. It's not. I won't say it's a ex- 
majority of people are not church still. Brother David Cox from Hernando United Methodist Church uh, here in town that we you know we do a, a, a Bible study with him and uh, he sent us a graphic showing the population or the states that were most churched right. and then least churched right. and Mississippi was in the top I think top two. They uh, were being, right behind Utah. Yeah, right behind Utah and being most church. And we were still like 48 or 49%, which means the majority of Mississippians, right, sure. and I would also say the majority of DeSoto Countyans, are not churched. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. What a neat stat. We may put that up on our Facebook page or something just to show that. But, uh, yeah, and a lot of people in Utah, are they're forced to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> so just saying, so, we don't need to go look, into that. And, and just so we say, they were fifty-one percent, so they yeah. were barely over. Right, over they're half, barely over. Great. They were fifty-one percent, and a lot of them uh, had no choice. They absolutely <laughs> have no choice. They have to go to church. Thank you, Rob Long, for the Soto County fact of the week. Again, uh, very neat fact of the week. Uh, church is something that is huge for my family, your family, and so many families of the people that listen to us on the podcast. So um, great information right there. Thank you again, Rob Long, DeSoto County Museum, nine to five Tuesday through Saturday, located right across the street from Bancorp South on Commerce Street. Swing by today for a free tour of the DeSoto County Museum. Churches are definitely a, a very important part of DeSoto County. And when it comes to your home, your business, your auto, insurance is a very big part of that. And we hope you would consider contacting one of our newest sponsors, Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. They represent some of the largest insurance companies in the world nationwide. Kemper, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, Delta Dental. Those are just some of the over 50 companies that they represent. As an independent agent, they can do that. Some of the largest companies in the world trust them to represent them in DeSoto County. Give Bruce Robinson or Jerry Holland a call at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Located in South Haven, but ready to serve all the listeners right here under the water tower. Holland Insurance, again, 662-895-5528. North Point Christian School continues to see much interest with waiting lists in all upper school grades and in preschool. However, if your family is interested in SK through 6th grade, they have room. Please call 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127 for your private tour. Come and see why so many are joining the North Point Christian School family. Derek, it seems like a lot of people, I mean, we read that ad every week for North Point and uh, definitely shout out to them for continuing to believe in us and continuing to, uh, you know, spend their advertising dollars with the podcast. But it seems like a lot of people are setting up uh, private tours. That's kind of yeah, the way the, to go. Yeah, the, the last couple of weeks have been private tours, of course, entering summertime. They will have an open house in June and July. Have not picked the date yet. Uh, obviously, it'll probably be, I don't know if it'll be a weekend or during the week, uh, but we'll have that information to you as soon as we have it. Obviously, uh, maybe starting at the, the show next Friday, right, uh, sure. the next Friday show. Uh, so anyway, um, that's kind of where they are. But yeah, so if you're interested, again, use that number, reach out to them, set up the private tour. They'd be love to take you around. The offices will be uh, you know, open. I think throughout the day, um, you know, the church offices, of course, are always open. School offices can be open for tours. So uh, we'll have more information for you on that uh, as we enter the summer. Man, we forgot to mention A Fair. What a massive success! Oh a Fair in the city, Fernando. I, I actually had that written down, and then we <laughs> we got on the, the back to school talk. Just right. an absolutely massive, success. massive success this past weekend. Optimus Club of Fernando puts on the A Fair. Wonderful job. Tons and tons of vendors. I think the last hour of it so really got affected by by rain. Yeah, I mean, like it was nine to four, and I think the right. storms coming in about three. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, again, it could have been a lot worse. Could oh, it definitely could have been a lot, lot worse for sure. I hope they had a successful event in the nine to three hour before the weather for sure. Uh, but look, 
It was canceled last week due to the A Fair, but this week the Hernando Farmers Market returns to the historic Hernando Square to continue its 2022 season. The Hernando Farmers Market, it's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh, local experience with over 40 vendors contributing to the Hernando Farmers Market. It is by far one of the best farmers market in the Mid-South. Hernando Farmers Market, welcome back to the UTW podcast. They will be running from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Saturday morning on the historic Hernando Square through the end of October. Welcome back to the UTW podcast, the Hernando Farmers Market. Well, Derek, before we uh, we tease it earlier, uh, before we let the every, the listeners know, which most of them probably already do know, but we'll update them on what the Hernando Lady Tigers did over the weekend when it comes to the state championship in Hattiesburg, give us a quick rundown or give us a quick update on the North Point baseball team that will be kicking off play in the state championships tonight. All right, North Point does begin at state championship series tournament during the Tennessee Spring Fling tonight in Murfreesboro against Grace Christian Academy out of Franklin. The tournament is a double elimination tournament between the last four teams and where North Point fell one run short last year, coming in state runner-up and a 12-11 loss. That tournament started with the Trojans losing game one and having to play out of the loser's bracket and having to beat the undefeated team twice, which they came up just short doing. They will be looking to win game one that takes place at 6.30 p.m. tonight so they are not faced with having to play that extra game again. Good luck to the Trojans from the UTW podcast. All right, so podcast listeners, uh, all the men and women that maybe pay attention to Mississippi State or Ole Miss baseball, it's set up the exact same way that you would have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah, regional, regional right. that a lot of people uh, you know, go to or attend. All four teams play. The two winners play each other. The two losers play each other. The first team that loses two games, your adios. The first team that wins two games, you kind of get in the catbird seat. Uh, for waiting the, on, yeah, you're you're waiting. waiting on somebody's got to beat you twice. So the goal is to win your first two games for sure so you're not battling out of the uh, loser's bracket and losing, uh, you know, using all your pitchers. So good luck to the Trojans uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly Thursday. Definitely good luck. Uh, bringing home a state title. Uh, now turning to Hernando softball. Hernando played the final game of the three-game series on Saturday after Petal forced the third game with a 7-2 win on Thursday night. Hernando had graduation Friday night, and so the seniors had to drive home, graduate, get up early on Saturday, and drive back for what they thought was going to be a 3 p.m. game. The game ended up being postponed until 7.30 p.m. due to rain and thunderstorms most of the afternoon. First pitch was 7.58. 7.58. Uh, when the game started, Petal got a run in the first, and that run was the only only run of the game until the fifth inning when Petal plated five more across. Hernando got one on the board in the sixth, but then went down three in a row in the bottom of the seventh to lose six to one. They were unable to defend their title, but made Hernando proud with their play and resolve, and we have enjoyed this two-year run for the Lady Tigers. The seniors should be proud for all that they have accomplished and brought to the school, and we celebrate a wonderful season and wish the seniors luck on their future and look forward to covering the rest of the team next year. I've been to numerous games, more softball games than I've ever been to the last two years. Uh, paid close attention to them. Uh, had a chance to announce the two of the games, the Senior Day festivities. I read that and read the biographies and, and so forth there for Nikki uh, Witten and um, – Look, I, I can't tell you enough how proud I was to see those girls get to graduate. Yeah. I was so very proud of them. Uh, most of them had uh, – they were well decorated with their cords and, and all the different stuff, multiple uh, honor societies. Uh, Riley Eister is the executive president of student council, so wow. let's just call her student body president. Uh, they got on stage and did the whole tassel you know, from one side to another. 35-3 and three last year. This year, almost 30 wins. These girls have been responsible for dozens, possibly even hundreds of wins when it comes to Hernando softball. Nothing to be upset about. 
shot at all. Couldn't be prouder. Well, I mean, I mean really look, and, and Pedal obviously had a good team. They had a real good pitcher. They, they scored. I mean, I mean, Hernandez scored three, then two, then one. Yeah. I mean, just had a really well, good pitching, yeah. and uh, you know, and and again, we know the second game had some miscues there. We don't know if they'd have played a perfect game. Could they have ended it then? Yes. We'll never know. <laughs> no. You yes. say yes. The answer is yes. Okay. So the answer is yes. errors. Too but many I mean, you know, game. but again, it, that's a good team, and you can't make the errors no, against course. a good team. No. Uh, so again, and a well coached team. Their coach is very, very well thought of throughout the state. Just ask the announcer. <laughs> and everybody who's listened to the show knows what I'm saying. My gosh. Um, well, again, it, yeah. I, if, if I would have gotten a message today that the announcer for that we're forced to watch, for listeners that don't know what it did, uh, you, we watched all the games on YouTube. You can follow them on YouTube. And then for the state championships, you have to go through something called NFHS Network. So it's National High School Network. You're forced to buy a subscription for at least one month. You can do it annually, whatever. doesn't matter. If you told me that that was not the Pedal High School principal, <laughs> I'd be surprised. Because that, that guy – director <laughs> the, that guy was terrible when it well, came to licking the face of the panthers i'll just say well that. let's uh, again hattiesburg it's in hattiesburg yes, it's in hattiesburg uh the pedal seven minutes away it seven is a, miles it is away a, it is a suburb of, of hattiesburg oak grove was last so, year so you know if they're yep. looking hey who wants to come announce this game we're gonna put a word hey we need somebody to come do this for our station uh i would say that they're probably going to be more pedal friendly than right. anything else if yes. you told me that three of the kids uh the, the announcers grandkids were on the pedal high school whatever <laughs> i would not be surprised it was awful i have an email into the mhs double a asking the question of when does the softball start to rotate around oh. like football or baseball or basketball or whatever or when are we going to put it in jackson to where it's centrally located i'll tell you this and, and look pedal one they deserve it that's fine our girls had to spend four nights in hotels yeah and again they they had to travel other teams could have won yeah it's coincident pedal earned the right to play there during the rain delays where were those girls those girls were able to sit at home or, no, I'm sorry, those girls jumped into action and pulled the tarp on the field. In case you didn't know that, the announcer said that no less than five I times. Missed that. Missed he that, called yeah. the coach for uh, Pedal multiple times their classy coach. Mm, classy coach. Hey, Homer, get off the thing, okay? Get off the road, get off the radio. Hey, I, I, he sucked. You know, I'm sorry. You know what? Okay, unfortunately, it could not happen because they're, they're in the same – obviously, they're both in the south. You know, who would he have pulled for if it was Oak Grove versus Pedal? I don't know. He, he's, I don't know. That, 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 you know, yeah. he's probably from Oak Grove. <laughs> now he's the athletic director at Pedal, but his wife's from Oak Grove. It's, it's a mess. The guy was terrible. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And what sucked is he was a really good announcer. He was good. He was, it was good. Just, just keep the comments. Oh, the my gosh. Comments. Are you just kidding me? A routine play was an all-star play. Oh, yeah. A routine play was an all-star play. He licked the face of the Panthers all night long. Everybody knows what I'm talking about who watched the games on TV. I'll let you know what the MHSAA says when well, it comes just, to softball. You're just softball. saying move it to Starville, move it to Oxford, have it road, move it to Delta State. Maybe it doesn't matter. It. Yeah, just move, move it around it, the literally state. Literally move it that around is the state, unfair yeah. to have it yeah. in one place every time that's not centrally located in the state to where if you travel or if you're an hour and a half away from Jackson, you choose to travel over. But everyone should have the um, have to have stay in hotel – you know all that stuff. Right, Foot, not, football does it. Football, right, football does football, it. That's it. All three That's major stadiums. If you do, want to drive, they do move it every year. It's just not right, and uh, I'll continue to uh, bang that drum for the Hernando Lady Tigers. And actually, the kids, all the kids in North Mississippi. That's fine. The DC baseball plays in the state title later this week. That's right. They play, actually start playing tomorrow. They're playing in Jackson. Yeah. 
everybody's got to go there. Or if you're within an hour, you can stay at home and drive. Your choice. But everybody has that choice. Uh, the softball does not. That's not right. And I will continue to bang that drum, and I'll let you know what the MHSAA says, and uh, we'll go from there. there so go. happy about the Tigers. Really, really great season. I said on the Friday show, win or lose, you are champions in our book. You got to graduate. I was so happy to see all those girls. Hannah Grace is good friends with uh, Riley. She's good friends with the Shaw uh, twins who have been responsible for my God. They pitched every inning this yeah, year. Every you know, inning this year. Really unbelievable. So congratulations to the Lady Tigers on a wonderful season. Even though we didn't bring back the hardware that you were hoping for, just keep your head up and really, really proud of all the kids. Look forward to letting uh, seeing what North Point does over the next uh, couple of days. And we'll update you on that on Friday. Good luck, North Point Trojans, as you go for a state title in Murfreesboro. Lots of information over the last uh, the today's show. Great job, Derek, watching the Penny for the Park discussion, giving us an update there. Really appreciate everything that you brought to the table and everything that uh, the, the support that we've been getting all school year long, all spring long as we turn the page to summer. Look, if you enjoy our show, share it. Share it with friends, share it with family, share it on Facebook, Hernando Happenings, any way you'd like to share it. Let people know what we're doing here on the podcast. Let people know as we continue to grow uh, about the show. And we really, really appreciate the support over the last few months. Also, if you're interested in advertising with the UTW podcast, email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Also, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, you're probably going to enjoy OB Pod. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also, deep dive into Center Hill, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg Athletics. That's OB Pod. Look them up today. Just a reminder, as we t- as we talked about in the middle of the show, this is our last show of this school year. We're going to take a break for Memorial Day. We're going to take a break so Derek can go be a dad and go down to orientation with Bo on uh, Thursday and Friday. Hotty toddy, Derek. Hotty uh, toddy. You know, hope you enjoy that. It's a wonderful time. Heather and Hannah Grace did that last week and just had a really, really fun time. So good luck uh, doing that. So we're going to be off Friday, Tuesday, kickoff of summer next Friday. Thank you for enjoying the UTW podcast. Please continue to share it and help us continue to grow. Thank you so much for listening over the spring. We'll be back ready to kick off the summer next Friday. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs>